Hello and welcome to The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, as always, continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where Henry still can't believe that he can finally get up close and personal with Spider-Man at Avengers Campus, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall, with the one and only Lori. Every other week or or thereabouts, we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. But before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. So guys, how are you holding up after the big news out of Disneyland that Tarzan's Treehouse is currently being rethemed? Uh, I mean, uh, I think like uh, like you and uh, I'm hoping think hoping that it, it they do do something such as like a possibly an encanto that would be really cool um but i'm really want to see what what they do because i always liked the treehouse as i mean i remember back when it was with family robinson so i never really felt the like the tarzan one version was all that great because it just felt like it was still Swiss Family Robinson. But uh, I like to see what they do with it. I hope they do something really, really good with it, instead of just kind of changing a few things here and there and then saying it's something else. It's not really. <laughs> the uh, the Disney way. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting on this one, right? Like, it, uh, it, they could definitely go a few different routes, and Kanto would be interesting... The big question, though, that I have is, like, how long after the retheme is it going to take for people to not care about it anymore? <laughs> because I feel like that was the case with Tarzan. Like, it, it is one of those, was one, I guess we could say now, RIP, one of those attractions that I feel like uh, uh, it, it's, it, it's like, it's a classic. Um, I mean, what well, you're right, it was with Family Robinson. It, I guess it still is at, at uh, Disney World, but... Uh, it, it's like a classic, but it's just a, it's mostly a pass, right? Like it's very bottom tier Disney attractions. Maybe it's kind yes, of like, I don't think I've ever actually, yeah. sorry, I don't think I've ever actually gone in through it. Yeah. I, Maybe when I was a child at like five or six, when we first went, but I don't think I've ever gone through there. I, I think I'm in the exact, I've gone, I went through it once as a kid um, and I went through it more recently just to record some stuff, but that is pretty much it. I mean, it, it, in all fairness, it's a tough sell, right? Like, hey, you've been out and about on your feet for X number of hours. You've blown your step count out of the water. Uh, how about you climb vertically, <laughs> you climb stairs, uh, and, and do a bunch more walking uh, on very tight, narrow kind of paths? It, it, it it's a tough sell it's a tough sell <laughs> definitely as you're climbing up it's like man I, this was a this was a mistake <laughs> but it's a one-way affair there's no turning back there's no turning back once well, you're committed i think for for myself i know i i haven't gone i must have been like i think the last time i went up into it it was it was still i think swiss family robinson oh they might have changed it over to tarzan yeah, I think they did change it over to Tarzan. I think I might have been like late teens or something. And that 
walkway was feeling very narrow at that point. I think at, you know, as an adult, I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to bother going through this thing that may be too <laughs> narrow for me at this point. So, um, but I always liked the the treehouse, but I always saw it as like Swiss Family Robinson because I remember watching Swiss Family Robinson as a, as a child and I loved the movie. So I, I kind of yeah. like, I didn't want to see it as as Tarzan. I just always looked up and said, "Nah, that's Swiss Family Robinson." So, I think if they if they are slept on it too long, Henry. <laughs> well, I just want them to uh, if they're going to retheme it and just really retheme it. Don't don't sit on it and just do a couple of changes. And- yeah, it. If nothing else, it has to be yeah. relevant, right? Like I think that's that's probably I'm I'm guessing that's why it went from Swiss Family to Tarzan, um, and most assuredly why they're changing it to something now, which is just animated Tarzan's not particularly relevant right now. It's not exactly a Disney classic that uh that is is like, you know, enshrined in the vault or anything like that. So um who knows what it'll be? It'll be it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I do agree, though. It, it's like nice to have an Adventureland. It sets up kind of the the spirit of Adventureland nicely. It's nice to kind of look at it from the ground, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it'll have to be a pretty incredible retheme for me to even kind of check it out. But who knows? Maybe maybe if it's like a banging Encanto one, then then we'll yeah. see. Uh, but hey, had some other cool news to drop, like we said at the top. Meet and greets are back at the park, so no more socially distanced uh, character interactions where, you know, a character is kind of posted up behind uh, behind some railings that you can't access. You can only take, like, distanced selfies, um, which in some cases was kind of cool. Like, they definitely, uh, like, on some of, those, some of those areas of Fantasyland at Disneyland and at Disney World, too, uh, they put characters in really kind of creative places that almost made them like they were kind of just within the land and you were, you were kind of checking them out from afar. That was kind of fun, but not exactly a true meet and greet in the sense that I think everyone looks forward to, especially kind of like little kids that are looking to get pictures with Mickey. They're looking for that up close and personal meet and greet. Yeah. I I think uh, I did enjoy the scene uh, goofy and Max fishing over in uh dca that was cool but at the same time at the same time seeing like donald duck up out on a like a balcony from the um from the uh whatchamacallit the uh, the grand california is just like uh that's a little too far (laughs) out of the way (laughs) it's a little it's a little bit much you know how many people walked past and didn't even didn't even see that oh yeah for sure he wasn't he wasn't hearing anything you were shouting at him (laughs) too far away uh we also have that guardians coaster at epcot opening up on may 27th uh as we were talking about before it's like hey they had uh they had annual pass holder and DVC reservations. Those are all booked now. That should be an interesting addition to Epcot. It, it still feels like a strange addition because it's so kind of like, uh, it's so, you know, Disney 
Marvel uh, franchise themed, but um, which doesn't quite fit into Epcot, but it gives something else exciting to do at Epcot. You do have Test Track, uh, but you know it, it. It it's nice to have kind of a, a more high intensity coaster, right? Uh, right, Laurie. Yes, and something that's maybe a little less tame than what was it? Oh, the Mission Space. Oh, oh, what is the name of the? The mission space. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. For sure. Cause you want a little more thrills than the kitty rides, but not so much that for us motion sick, sensitive people <laughs> that's going to send us over the edge and ruin our day. <laughs> yeah. That's a rough one. That is a yeah. rough one. Uh, not, not exactly my kind of, uh, idea of a, of a thrilling ride either. It's like, what are we doing here? Uh, but yeah, that should be cool. Launch coaster. It'll be another like cool sort of uh, narrative driven uh, experience, which should be fun. Operation Rewind should be good times. Who knows? Uh, who knows what the uh, who, who knows how it's going to turn out, but be cool. I would love to check it out. Definitely on my list. Will it be up to Tron level, Henry? That's the big um, question. I don't think it's I think it's going to be a different experience because I think it's going to be um I think for like Tron, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to be in the world of Tron. Whereas I think um, uh, uh, Rewind is going to be much more of a like a fun kind of like you're you're mixing in like maybe some some action, some comedy, and then music, and you're and then putting that into a roller coaster. I think it's it's actually probably going to be very complimentary to the uh, mission breakout, which is kind of the same thing. You got the music, mm. you got like a little bit of comedy in there, but then you got the thrills. It's just this time it's not going to be so much like uh, uh, a up and down as you are actually traveling. But I, I think it would probably be good if you could get those two in the same or similar park or something because I think they would be complementary to each other in a way. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. I'm, well, if nothing else, like they have a pretty good blueprint in terms of how to make a fun Guardians experience. Yeah. Right? And, and, and the cool thing is, is that it involves music with it. So, uh, I'd be interested to see what, yeah. uh, I think every time they, they keep playing, uh, they actually have a, uh, commercial advertising the ride already. And every time the commercial comes on, they're playing what is it, uh, Roller Coaster of Love. And I always catch myself, and Lori can attest to this, I'm always singing along with that. <laughs> but it's 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 a more updated version of it, I believe. Like because I get flashbacks of right, like right. Beavis and Butthead where the red hot chili peppers <laughs> did the uh, the cover of the song, yeah. which I loved. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I've always been kind of a fan of the Chili Peppers, so them doing uh, Roller Coaster of Love, it was just really awesome. So that gave me flat. It's weird that it would give me flashbacks of that, but I'm always singing it, and Lori laughs at me while I'm singing it because I get into it. Man, good <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if uh, we'll see if uh, we get you singing on that coaster, Henry. Oh, if they have good. that song, I would probably be singing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, the other last little bit of news that we got this week: World of Color. We know that it's reopening 
April 22nd, but we just got confirmation that it's going to be utilizing uh, the virtual queue system, which fewer and fewer rides are even using these days, especially at Disneyland. So um, so basically the way that it's going to work at noon, you'll be able to go through the Disneyland app, book your book your pass, book your queue slot, uh, and that's basically going to dictate which viewing area you're going to uh, go to when it's time for, for the show to start. So kind of like the way that Fast Pass worked with World of Color before, right? I don't think we ever used it. Or that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That'll be interesting too. Will, will they do that same thing where the kind of front, more kind of centered front areas are going to be fast pass or in this case, uh, virtual queue, but they'll still have a pretty wide general spot. I think when we went a while ago, we got fast pass and that was the way that it worked. It was like all color coordinated actually, where there was like a yellow spot, a green actually, spot. Actually, we did use it, I think, mm-hmm. once. And I was a little frustrated with it because it seems like the areas, it's cool because you got an area that you know you have to go to. But then like everybody else who got the fast pass uh, at the same time uh, is in that same area. So it felt a little more crowded yeah. in that area. So you're like oh, you're in a better viewing area, but you're also like way more crowded than the other areas. So that was a little frustrating. Yeah. that It was definitely slammed. It gave the idea that it was like, oh yeah, it was going to be kind of like not necessarily reserved seating, but you were going to have your own little spot. And it was like, no, no, everyone just slammed. Yeah. It was, it was, it was definitely kind of like, it was definitely a a less um, comfortable spot but it was you know a better viewing spot so i guess you uh sacrifice comfort for a better view that is that is the the sacrifice we almost make at some point during our disney trip uh but just the fact that world of color's back that's pretty sweet by itself i mean world of color was incredible it is incredible i mean assuming that it's the same kind of experience but uh but yeah, really one of those, really one of those nighttime shows you just got to see in yeah. person, right? But our favorite is is coming back as well. So Lori's definitely Lori's favorite. And they even have a new uh, popcorn bucket that they just showed off for the electric light parade. So I really wanted Going to be cool. H- Lori, how badly is Henry pestering you? to book this next trip for this? Um, Luckily, not so much now. We've been really busy, but it's definitely (laughs) gnawing there at the back of our minds. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we're like super bones. Like we'd need to find out when, how long the electric light parade is going to be going. Mm. So it's definitely something that we want to want to hit. But of course, every time he finds something like the popcorn buckets, he's showing me. So this is all part. So we're hoping we can get there before. Yeah before it's over before everything's done with it's all part of a devious plan from henry it's like a multi-phase approach first it's popcorn buckets then it's going to be like oh well we've got an end date finally announced and then that's when the that's when the full court press begins yes (laughs) really start to bear down it's like all right we got to do it let's go now Well, that is, uh, that's enough of looking into the future and getting excited about uh, upcoming stuff. But, uh, but we still do have some, 
some stuff to cover from your guys's trip down to Disneyland and Knott's and Universal as well, specifically with those food festivals, right? Just a reminder, you guys were at the Food and Wine Festival and the Knott's Boysenberry Festival, yes. yeah? And so at least, at least starting with the Disney side of things and the California adventure side of things, for sure. It just Henry set the stage for anybody that maybe isn't as familiar with the West coast food and wine festival, maybe more familiar with Epcot's food and wine festival. How do the two compare? I mean, they are kind of different, different beasts. Yeah. Right? I I think when you, uh, you look at Epcot's, they do, um, I think, to kind of um, pay homage to what Epcot, how Epcot is set up and what Epcot is, they try to do more kind of like uh, food that represents the different uh, like uh, cultures that are highlighted in Epcot. So you get like right. something that supposed to represent China, uh, something that represents Morocco, something that represents like Italy and in the UK and France and and they have they try to do all those like uh in Germany they have all those different like ethnic uh foods um and because uh Epcot is also bigger than DCA there's a lot more booths so you can't do those different, uh, uh, all the foods, the different foods. Um, and they were all pretty much, uh, the food um, offerings were pretty much relegated to the booths. Um, whereas at DCA, they do have ethnic foods, but it feels like most of it is still like kind of more of a, just a California theme still good food um it's a little bit lighter affair too where a lot of that stuff a lot of the stuff isn't very heavy it's a more lighter uh type dishes um it's not gonna have a shinken noodling uh for the most part uh <laughs> it was shinken noodling was great but it was like it sat in your stomach like a rock um that was great uh and then uh they and this year, I think may have been this this year might have been a little bit different. And then it seemed like they had a lot of food um, because they had the booths, the food at the booths. But they had a lot of food also at the uh, the regular quick service places and even some of the sit down places. Hmm. And they, I think they may even had some special things in downtown Disney as well. So they tried to get, they had more offerings this time in different places. So you had to be more aware mm. and kind of go looking and stuff. But they had a lot of really good food. And I like the fact that I think pretty much almost everything was different. Uh, whereas from what I've heard about the Epcot is there's a lot of like mainstays that are there year from year. like every year whereas it feels like the dca right. stuff was pretty much different like there were some some changes like like uh they had 
frozen guacamole before, and this year they had frozen guacamole, but they put like uh, pico de gallo on it. So they tried to change it up a little bit, but it was pretty mm. much very much the same thing. So uh, I think they tried to make it a little a bit different. Uh, everything is trying to be more different than it was. So keeping it fresh, I guess, in a way. Um, so it, sure. And the food was definitely go still good. In both places, good food. Good food. Mm. The most important aspect of a food festival, right? Is that food better be good? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I mean, you never know. There, I mean, when you have like a food festival, you're always going to have some. You're going to have a hope. Hopefully, you're going to have hit and misses. You just hope that the hits outweigh right. the misses. And when say with Epcot, since sure. you have so many foods, so many like opportunities to put food out there, um, there's. I guess I don't know. There, you just say that there's going to be more opportunities of food to hit somebody's liking, whereas where you go to DCA, where you have like probably it's like less than half of the booths that they had at uh, at Epcot, so you, you can't afford to have a lot of misses. But they definitely did have misses <laughs> for sure. So. Right. Uh, Sure. So you yeah, yeah. you gotta like when it comes to Disney, you never know when they're gonna like kind of push things or they're gonna play it safe, and you have to find that nice balance where they're pushing it to you know it to you know to some degree. It's not just safe, uh, you know, super safe, but it's you know. It makes sense that you pushed it here and it, and that people are going to like this and you didn't go too crazy with it. I don't know. It, there's. Did it feel balanced? Yeah, I think for the most part, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I think, two, two points where we were like, oh, yeah, this is a miss. But most of everything else we had was really good, too amazing. So, mm. Nice. And you guys used, did you, um, uh, Lori, did you guys go for the sip and savor passes this time as well? We did. That is also yes. something I, you guys will have to remind me. I don't think that is a thing for Epcot, no, right? It was, and I guess maybe that makes sense no. because there are so many more booths, but, uh, but yeah, so sip and savor passes like, what was it like 55 bucks? Uh, yeah, I think it's somewhere <laughs> around there. Uh, I got a discount, so I didn't, I didn't pay the regular price. So, <laughs> oh, brag, brag, I think brag. most people like, I mean, uh, yeah, the people, you know, uh, magic key holders got discounts and whatnot. So, but, uh, sure. but for, for totally. it, you get like, uh, you get, uh, eight, uh, tastings. Uh, uh, you can get uh, any, you can get pretty much uh, almost anything except for alcoholic beverages. As long as it's like uh, part of the festival, you can pretty much get it as long as it doesn't have alcohol in it. Nice. And, and did that feel like 
it was enough? Like it was enough food and it was worth the, the kind of value? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. yeah. Especially with the two of us and each of us having one. Nice. Like usually get the last bit. It's like, all right, so we have two tabs left. Like we need to get something. Like We need to use all the tabs. We got to nice. complete it all. Sure. It's, that's a good challenge. That's a good challenge. Well, it was interesting because I think we, um, the first thing we tried to do was we got the passport and uh, the passport you get, it tells you basically everything that's in- included in the festival. Like every dish that's part of the festival, they have a description of it. They show like they name each booth that it's at. So it's basically like your your map of the festival for the most part. Uh, it also has a place to get a stamp. And uh, and if you get a stamp at all the booths, you can go to the uh, at the beginning of the, the trail, I guess, for the booths at the at the just outside of the uh, the circle when you get past uh, when you leave the like downtown area of. DCA, uh, you can go there and they have a mm-hmm. final stamp that they'll give you. Uh, it's it's not as cool as say the um, the uh, the Emil's yeah cheese trail, fromage montage whatever, um, where you actually get a treat when you complete it, but you also didn't. Uh, so it's it's not as good as as Epcot's in that case, <laughs> but I mean it, we we did fill it out. Uh, we almost got all the stamps in one day. Uh, we we ran mm. out of time because the booths actually closed closed a little bit earlier than they were supposed to, uh, at least uh, according to the times that they said they were. Uh, they closed a little bit early. Uh, so we couldn't we couldn't get the the one one of the few like uh, that Lori was dreading because she was dragging feet the whole time she didn't want to want to eat it. <laughs> Is that the uh, PB and J mac and cheese? No, that oh. was the first one we tried. So it <laughs> was got the, that one out of the, the way. Yes, got that one out of the way, but it was the the frozen guacamole. Oh yeah, yeah. That I was, I was just dreading that. I was like, I don't think this is going to be good. I'm not going to. Yeah, I wasn't too excited just to do that one. <laughs> so if I had to wait till the next day, or maybe we forgot about it, you know, that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And was it okay, or better than you expected? Worse than you expected? Oh no! Like I, <laughs> I think it was worse than i expected oh. like i expected it to not be good yeah. or for at least you know if it may be good for some but i knew i i wouldn't care for it um but then we finally tried it and it's like it was one of the things that i almost spit out <laughs> i was like i just wasn't like i'm not a real big um cheese eater i don't care for a lot of cheeses and it has a really strong cheese crumble on there and i just almost could not do it i almost had to tap out <laughs> man credit for uh credit for giving it a shot though 
sometimes like I know I know for me sometimes it's just like eh, I'll skip it. I I will totally just bail on that kind of a thing. Yeah. So extra points for uh Yeah. For but that's what through. I yeah, well, that's what I like about the sip and saver is it does encourage. It's like if I paid all this money, I'm getting all these tabs. I'm going to use all the tabs, so I might just go out there and get something that I wouldn't normally order, sure, just so I can try it. Because it right. is going to be, it's a small, it's a tasting plate size, so it's nothing too big. If I finish it, it's not enough to fill me. If I don't, it's not a huge waste because even the bite, I probably ate about half of it. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. The frozen yeah. guacamole was was rough. It was lit, like. Uh, what I wind up doing, because Lori like basically took a bite of it and just tapped out. Um, after that, I I took a bite, and yes, it was the cheese. It was like the the cheese that they put on it. It was put on it in a weird way, and it just it made it actually taste like it was spoiled. Like like yeah, it was Ooh, it was not a good flavor. And then what I did was I basically I got a uh, like a plastic knife or something and just scraped all the stuff that they put on top of it because they it looked like a almost kind of like a, a frozen popsicle and and then they put like pico de gallo and some other stuff on it and it was supposed to be like um, crema I think from what they said it's supposed yeah, to be crema, crema but I don't remember crema ever tasting like that. So when I ate it, it basically it tasted <laughs> like like uh, curdled milk is what it kind of tasted like. Oh, so man, yeah. I was like, Thanks. oh, that is terrible. So what I did was I just scraped all that off, and then I ate it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is fine as this, but all that stuff that they put on it was just not good. And then when we went to get our last stamp, uh, the people like – doing the stamp they were real friendly and stuff and they're like hey what was the what was the thing you liked the most and what was the thing you didn't like and it, we both said like uh the frozen guacamole and they were like yeah a lot of people said that they didn't like it but they said it it's because of the stuff that they put on top of it this year and from what i mm. saw on on videos and stuff is that they they've done the frozen guacamole before but they did it with didn't put any of this stuff on top and everybody from what I heard to this point has said the stuff on top made it really bad. So, um, I'm, <laughs> I kind of knew what we were getting into it. So, wasn't just, yeah. You. And, uh, so yeah, knew what's getting into it. Nice. Well, I mean, it does sound like, um, it does sound like the way that, they've kind of positioned food and wine on the West coast is like, it is like a little sibling where it's like, you know, uh, Epcot food and wine. There's like no way that you're going through that thing in a day. Like you can maybe get a few samplings, but I know that there's stuff that I probably still would have tried if we had like two or three days left at that festival. Right. Like we probably could have kept on trying new things throughout the day and never, had a repeat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Versus versus DCA where it's like, yeah, you get that sip and saver pass. You're combing through most of the heavy hitters by the end of the day. Right. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I think because by the end of it, if you go to a booth, you're probably interested in maybe like one or two items from that booth. So it's enough to get at least one item well, per the booth. The trick, though, this year was that they had right. a lot of food in the quick service areas, too, that we didn't we didn't even right. touch okay. on most of that. So, like, I think Lori's <laughs> overlooking that because we didn't go to any of that, pretty much most of the other places that had, like, that special food. Although, I think I did get uh, at the... Uh, Downtown Disney, I did get one of those ones, the special burger at the uh, the Black Tap, the, the burger place. Black Tap. Black Tap. So Black I tap. did get the, the special burger. They had like a um, a Reuben burger. That was really good. Mm. And, oh. and uh, okay. so yeah. I think actually, I think even one of our favorite items from the festival wasn't at one of the booths. It was from uh, from one of the quick service places. It was from the uh, the the wharf area. Mm. So okay. It was the stra- strawberry cool. strawberry and uh, rum horchata. Ooh, yeah, that it sounds really legit. Good. It was dangerous. That sounds damn good. Uh, well. Uh, so yeah, so all right. So I mean that sounds pretty legit where it's just like, yeah, a couple of couple of chilled out days at uh at DCA and you can kind of get through that food and wine festival. I I, I kind of like that more than I, I sometimes at Epcot I had a little bit of FOMO kicking in. And, and admittedly we were limited in terms of our overall time at Epcot and we were trying to do both food and wine and just kind of attractions and everything like that. But uh but I kind of like where it's like, yeah, you've got a handful of things that you're really into and you can just kind of take it easy. It's a little more laid back. You're, you don't have to like cover as much ground in order to get to all of the items. I, uh, it sounds kind of, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it was definitely a lot easier going. Um, I think, uh, I think I appreciated though, the Epcot having a little bit more, uh, seating, a better seating setup. uh, Cause it's just got more space. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a lot easier getting to stuff. You didn't, you're not having to hunt down stuff as, as much, but they still had quite a bit of stuff to, uh, to like, you know, partake in. So, uh, it, sure. It was, it was good. It was definitely, I did not feel like, uh, I, uh, was like robbed or anything. And, in that, it doesn't feel like a, a little brother for the Epcot as far as like, it just feels smaller. Um, but in right. the, in, okay. If you only have like a day there, it's a perfect size for a day for sure. Nice. So. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. I, it's on my list to check out. I've not checked out the West coast version yet. Uh, and, and talking to you guys right now about it definitely uh, has put it much higher on my list of things that I got to do. So maybe next year, maybe next year, I'll make a point to uh, to go down there and check it out. And I almost went uh, uh, recently instead of uh, instead of going to Universal, which we'll touch on in a second here. But getting that reservation for Disney California Adventure tough. That is a hot ticket if you're not. 
going well in advance and uh, and booking your spot because obviously that, that's where like locals are going to hit that up all uh, all day long. Yeah. So hot, hot. I it, it, although you know the thing is seeing what they did for the food and wine festival this this year, it does make me actually kind of make me more interested in the festival of the holidays coming up uh because oh yeah like i mean when we first went to the food and wine festival it was just all the food was at the booths but this year with Mm -hmm. the like a lot of the food that they put into the quick service uh parts of the uh places was actually pretty good too um, oh, and the churro carts they did uh, at the churro carts too. Uh, Lori got a, a mango chamoy uh, churro, which was pretty good. So um, it's it, it makes me think that they'll probably do something similar for the festival of the holidays too. Um, so sure, and I like Why not? I like holidays. Sounds good. <laughs> I think we was that going yes. on when we went. It, I think it was. It was. A, yeah, so that was good times. That was uh, that was definitely good times. Maybe we'll have to maybe we'll have to plan a quick trip down for festival holiday action. Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds like yes. something we should. It do. sounds like something I want. Um, is there anything else you guys <laughs> wanted to cover for? Uh, well, well, food and wine. It's this wasn't part of food and wine, but it was. It was big enough that I think we should touch on it. Uh, we did eat oh, yeah. at Cafe Orleans twice, and I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this yeah, the last we ate time. At, yeah, uh, yeah, Cafe Orleans twice, and we got the Monte Cristo, and they've made changes to the Cafe Orleans menu. Oh yes. yeah, this is so big. one. You can't well. If you can, it's not on menu, but uh, currently there isn't a way to just order palm frites on the menu anymore. It's not a menu right. item. Yeah. But it does come with the Monte Cristo sandwich. So if you want palm frites now, you need to get the, uh, the Monte Cristo sandwich, which is now half yeah, of what yeah, it used to be. So yes. you're not getting the the two halves like you did before, or it feels like you got like two full sandwiches. Now you're only getting like one sandwich, and harder to split. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's still still very. You still get quite a bit. I mean, it it still feels like enough to split, but you're not getting as much as you did before, um, for sure. And they are no longer giving you the berry compote. They're giving you uh, orange marmalade instead. Yeah, that's a miss. That compote was was where it was at. I found out that I love orange marmalade now. (laughs) That marmalade was on point for me. Oh, man. I was like, I was looking at it and I was like, no. And then I put it on, and I was like, "Oh man, this is good." <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure uh, was Lori down. was still Jeez. more into the berry compote than I was. But man, I love that that marmalade. Mm. I came home and I bought some marmalade. Mm. 
it was that good. <laughs> Amen. Marmalade on toast is uh, is definitely legit stuff. But yeah, I, I would never think that it would uh, match up with it. Oh man, Monster I Christmas. was like, I, I I was sitting there eating it. I was like, maybe Paddington had a point. Maybe he maybe he was on point with his with his <laughs> his love of marmalade. His you know, I think I've barely had marmalade before that. But man, I am I uh, I am sold. I am I am I'm converted. You're converted. I am a fan of the marmalade. Man. I know what to get you for this uh this holiday season. A really good jug of well, I marmalade. Got <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Jeez, Henry, man, shooting it down before it even <laughs> takes flight. Whoa. Well, hey, man, speaking of berry compote, one place that I'm sure had plenty of berry compote was the Boysenberry Festival at Knott's. So having gone through your food and wine festival experience, tell me a little bit about how the food and wine, uh, the, the, the boysenberry festival compares. Okay. So, <laughs> um, okay. Lay it, lay it on so me. you would think, uh, they did have boysenberry oriented food, but it wasn't as boysenberry E as you would think it would be. Uh, it's, it's an interesting mm. thing. They also, we, when we went to the boysenberry festival, we also they sell a version of the uh, of the uh, they call it a tasting card, uh, and it comes and it comes huh, with six okay. tastings, and it goes for fifty bucks. Um, the difference is uh, they you can only get stuff that's listed on the card. Uh, so they did have stuff that they sold for the Berry, uh, Boys and Berry Festival at the quick service places besides their special booths. And a lot of the, the special stuff from the quick service places didn't qualify for using your like little pad. Mm. So um, you were a lot more limited, but they did, you, they did have... Um, alcoholic beverages that you could use the passes for. Um, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty good, uh, sub. In yeah. Right there. I mean, it was, it was interesting. It's definitely like, I would say if you were to look at the two places, one of the big differences is quantity. Like when you go to DCA, uh, right. you got like a tasting, whereas, for uh, knots, you were getting a much more substantial portion. Um, a mm. lot of the stuff that they were selling, though, at at uh, DCA was fairly unique, whereas the stuff that they were selling at uh, at knots was kind of more like like traditional type stuff, like something that wasn't it wasn't too out of the bounds. Like they had. Boysenberry pozzoli, but the the only part of the uh, boy that was boysenberry is they put two boysenberries on it, so it was just pozzoli <laughs> with boysenberry uh, garnish. 
So it wasn't really a, a legit boysenberry yeah. dish. I wouldn't call it a boysenberry dish. Um, I think the thing that I liked the best uh, of the boysenberry festival was a boysenberry and pomegranate smoothie. And while mm. that's right, you guys were raving yeah, about and that, that was last great. Time. But I think the thing is, is that is it really hard to do a great tasting smoothie? Uh, the rest of the food didn't really stand out all that much. Um, I did get the um, boysenberry donut and chicken sando. Uh, and it was okay. I mean, again, it didn't really like wow me. I think I, I wasn't really wowed by a lot of the dishes that they had where I was like, Oh man, mm. I need to go back and get that. Or I need more of this. I was just kind of like, eh, I had it. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Uh, it was good, but you know, I, I'm done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, So sure. I would say that definitely DCA was the better of the two. Um, it was weird because going through uh, knots, it felt like they did. They were trying to do stuff like Disney and they tried to do stuff like Universal, but they didn't fully commit to it. So it feels like that. So like mm. they did the food festival like like DCA where probably knots does has probably been doing food festivals before DCA in all honesty. But it sure. just felt like the dishes weren't unique enough to make me like be really excited for them. I think most of the stuff, and it may have actually been bad for us getting the tasting card because we were felt beholden to get the stuff on the list instead of trying the stuff right. that was in the, the standalone places, which probably was better. So there may have been better stuff, mm. but because we bought the tasting card, we didn't even bother to look at that stuff, um, except for one. We did get mm. the like uh, boysenberry funnel cake. Uh, what was that, uh, Lori? That we got. Remember? It was like the loaded boysenberry funnel cake. So it was the funnel cake ice cream, the boysenberry. Oh, it was so good. So that was good. <laughs> Sounds good. But- but I don't think that, that was, was so part good. of the festival, was it? Because I think they do the loaded. Um, yeah, okay. that one I think so they have all the time. That wasn't even technically part of the, <laughs> the festival. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it is on the like, if you're going to Knott's, it is yeah. one of the must haves. Got to get. Uh, so, one thing too about the tasting cards there is, you know, you get that. Mentality is like, well, I bought the tasting card. I'm going to use all the tabs. But their portions there are so much bigger than DCA. So, I mean, throughout the day, like, you are going to get full even on the just the six tabs. Mm. Um, but it's, it, at the end of the day, it's a lot of food. If you're sure. just doing food, not so much the drinks. Oof. Yeah, it sounds like it might almost be too much if you're getting, like, full yeah, portions. Yeah, like, I was shocked at how much... They gave me when I got the Pozzoli. Um, I was like, that was like a legit meal. It's just the Pozzoli. So I was like, hmm. huh. Glad it's kind of towards the end of the night. 
<laughs> so, I mean, again, I think if you go to, to Knott's, it's definitely something you should experience if you're going to Knott's. I don't know if I would go out of my way to get it. Uh, I don't know. Definitely wasn't, it didn't wow me like DCA. Well, just, DCA still gets me excited. Um, yeah. I think that's what I was kind of like, I was trying to talk about when we were talking in the past about Universal's food offerings is that a lot of the food at Universal's doesn't wow me. And that was the problem with the uh, Boysenberry Festival is that the food didn't really wow me. Like, I think I got, um, uh, they had a, uh, a sushi. Um, it was really just a California roll. Um, so it was uh, a mini crab sushi roll with boysenberry aioli sauce. Aioli sauce. And it was like literally, it was just a California roll and it had like a, a quick little drizzle of, of a somewhat purple sauce on it mayo sauce it was like all right uh, it's not bad it's just not very boysenberry like so i think i'm i was expecting to have a lot of like boysenberry flavors or accentuated in the food where it was just really just they were doing it had a slight boysenberry taste to it where a lot of times you can even make out the boysenberry it, well, it, that is like the most disappointing thing to hear about it is that when you hear boysenberry festival, you're thinking boysenberry food, not food with yeah. boysenberries, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's kind of what you're expecting. And it, it, uh, yeah, it's, it is a little bit surprising to hear that it's just not better thought out perhaps where they're not thinking or they're not providing these dishes that are really kind of, you know, well thought out enough to have boysenberries kind of in there enough and, and com- combined well enough with these with the different types of dishes that they're making. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Like and I think one of the biggest miss out opportunities for me, and it, it definitely one of the biggest disappointments was they didn't have like, say the easiest thing that they could have done was like, have like boysenberry pie, like a slice of boysenberry pie. They did sure. not have a boysenberry pie on that yeah. tasting card. They may That's have had crazy. boysenberry par- pie somewhere in the uh, the festival, and they did have a boysenberry pie, like a boysenberry bar, snack bar. What was it? Because uh, Lori got it. Yeah, the boysenberry bar, uh, yeah. like a lemon bar. Uh, but that, I mean, that was super good. So I would think if we had gone not on the tasting cards and been a little more adventurous throughout, we'd have found more like sweet versus the savory items that we were getting though. Probably would have hit the mark a bit better because that boysenberry bar was screaming. Yeah. <laughs> it was but so like good. when we were going into knots, I think uh, you, uh, Lori actually saw like a, like a boysenberry pie slice of boysenberry pie that they were kind of like showing or something. And then it wasn't even part of the tasting card. And I think before we left, I was like, should we get a pie or something? Should we look for this pie? Or like, I don't, I don't think I ever saw it though, but I was like, man, I, I think Lori even said that she was, she would have tried the pie and 
knowing Lori, she doesn't like pie generally. She doesn't like a fruit pie generally. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we got mm. that pie if they had it, but it wasn't part of the uh, tasting card. So uh, in this case, the tasting card, yeah. I think, was not a good idea. Whereas at DCA, the tasting card is great. Well, bummer. Would, now, would you go back to both? Would you go back to both Knots and or the Boysenberry Festival? Yeah, I would go back yes. to it. Um, I would. If do we're both. there and right. if we're down south and and it's going on, I would probably make a you know a a uh, plan to go to it. I don't think I would plan a trip around Boysenberry Festival. Like, hey. <laughs> we got to make sure we go down during the boysenberry festival. I probably wouldn't do that, but if we happen to be down there while the <laughs> boysenberry festival is going, I would, I would go. Nice. Got the time swing on by. Sounds good. Well, uh, before we sign off this week, let's talk a little universal studios, Hollywood. So we've, uh, we've been, we've been kind of hinting at this and talking a little bit about this before. Obviously you guys went, Last month, you stopped. That was part of your big SoCal extravaganza. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I had I, I had some some flight credit I needed to use. What better use than to head on down to Universal Studios Hollywood and check it out? And you know, just to kind of set the stage here, the last time I was at Universal. Back to the Future ride was still a thing. The uh, the the Jurassic Park ride had not been built yet. I don't even think it was under construction. Uh, obviously, no Simpsons ride. The King Kong animatronic was still a part of the studio tour. So, yeah, it, uh, it was a very different park then. Obviously, even still, very different theme park experience than you're going to get at a Disney theme park or at Universal in Orlando. It's a it's it's a just a very different experience. Obviously, I mean, the biggest difference and the biggest draw to Universal Hollywood is the fact that it is on the Universal lot. So it is like there's a live filming going on in various different studios, various different buildings. So it does kind of add a little magic and mystique, if you will. But just kind of just kind of uh, uh, quick hits in terms of my experience. Um, and then we can talk a little bit about yours and, and just sort of the universal experience in general. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's definitely a very small theme park and it feels small, even when you're not comparing it to, you know, Disneyland, which is small in and of itself. Uh, you know, it, it is, it's very quick kind of to walk through. You kind of have the upper lot, you have the lower lot, you have most of the stuff going on at the upper lot, and then you have a few other attractions going on at the lower lot. But if you're just to walk through that park, man, you are just like, you You probably spend as much time on those escalators going down from the upper and the lower than you would just walking from one end to the upper to the other, right? Yeah, it's super... It. That park, I think I was even thinking of this not too long ago, but man, this, the park is so small. Uh, and when you like, even considering the lower lot level, the lower lot area, it's there's not a lot there. 
It's not not a lot. No. Yeah. You have like you have uh what three rides? You have Jurassic World, you've got Transformers, you've got Mummy. Obviously, the Super Nintendo world that is being constructed as we speak, that's gonna improve things immensely for oh, the yeah. lower lot, right? <laughs> That'll be huge. Basically, that park is gonna open and everyone is gonna head down those escalators and try to slam through that giant green tube. Oh, yeah, for sure. That is going to happen. Mark my words. We're going to be part <laughs> of that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just, like, very cramped in areas, too. But uh, um, the one other thing that tripped me out, just in terms of the layout, is it kind of tripped me out that when you go into the section of uh, of uh, Hogsmeade, the Harry Potter world, it just kind of goes yeah. to a dead end. Like there's no, there's no exit. <laughs> it's basically you walk to the end and then you walk out and you know, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, the, you've got the, what is it? The flight of the Gryffindor and you've got, um, what's the other one? What's the other ride there? Harry uh, Potter's, um, and the forbidden journey. Yeah, you you've go. got Harry Potter and the forbidden journey down there. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely kind of like, <laughs> it's a dead end, which just seems strange. Um, so yeah, it definitely felt very small and tight. Um, as you pointed out earlier, Henry food options, very limited, especially if you're staying within the park itself. There's more stuff going out into City walk, obviously, but that involves like leaving the park. Uh, and you know, then you have the hassle of coming back through security and da 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 da. It's not like the end of the world. And if you're looking for like a really legit lunch, that might be uh, that might be your best bet. I, I did see while I was there where the uh, the Toothsome Chocolate oh, yeah. Emporium is currently being yeah. constructed. Yeah, that'll be that'll be that'll awesome. be cool. That'll be cool. We didn't get a chance to go into Tucson when we were down in Orlando, but we wanted to. It was like a. That's I was. It was like two was hours. Was it two or three hours the night we first tried to go there, and then I think it was at least an hour to an hour and a half in like the middle of the day, like well, early, like around eleven to twelve time. Just couldn't. We couldn't. Man, hopefully we're not going to see those kinds of uh, those kinds of waiting times. Maybe when it first opens, we will. Yeah. But hopefully, it mellows out a little bit. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> That'll be cool. But yeah, in the park, pretty rough. So I did make good though on the commitment <laughs> that I had with you guys to check out the Jurassic Cafe. So I went. The options were okay. But I did get, I did end up with a, it was a, it was the pulled pork mojo and it was a kind of like a, a, a corn cake with, um, with kind of like seasoned pulled pork, not barbecue pork, but, uh, but kind of like shredded, just normal seasoned kind of juicy pork. And then it had a chimichurri sauce on it with crema and like cojita. And that was served with a side of rice and beans, 
the side of rice and beans was looking pretty rough. Uh, it looked like it had been sitting out for a little bit too long. So I opted, I, I opted to get French fries with it, which was, was fine. I would have preferred like really good beans and rice, obviously, but French fries were seasoned. They were good. The mojo pork itself was actually pretty good. Like it was a good chimichurri sauce. It had a nice kind of like citrus garlic kind of tang to it. The crema worked. Uh, I could have used a little bit of hot sauce. They didn't have any hot sauce there for me. But <laughs> generally pretty impressed though. Not as good as the uh as the um kind of uh the pork that I had at SeaWorld in Orlando. That was incredible pork out of the uh, out of the blue, completely unexpected, but it was it was better than I expected for Universal Jurassic Cafe. I was I was going in with low expectations, but it was all right. I was uh I was satisfied. Let's put it that way. Yeah, my issue when it comes to like Universal Studios is that when we're actually in the park, I feel like um because we generally are going to like Disneyland and at the same time, uh, we wind up eating pretty good at Disneyland. But then when we get to like uh, Universal's, I feel like the food that they're offering is kind of like, huh, you know, it doesn't excite me so much. So I always feel just kind of like just bored with what I'm looking at and like, eh, I don't know if I want that. So I yeah. wind up we go to the three broomsticks because if anything, at least you get to sit in kind of the uh, themed restaurant area that looks like you're in kind of three broomsticks and you can get the, the butter bear right. at the same time. So, uh, so yeah. And it's like, it is uh, that, that three broomsticks um, is one of those examples of like, better than average theme yeah. park food, right? Like you could at like, you know, uh, at, at like a decent restaurant, you could expect to get something like that and be pretty happy with it. So, um, so yeah, that, that is like, generally you're not finding that at universal yeah. <laughs> to your point. Right. So it, uh, it helps it, that for sure. Uh, it did seem like they were trying to kind of mix things up obviously like i said with what was going on at jurassic cafe they had just um they had just done a little bit of a revamp it looked like with hollywood and dine up on the upper lot where they had kind of revamped the menu from just burgers and fries and whatnot to be kind of more just like general mm -hmm. asian food themed so they had like chinese chicken salad they had ramen they had uh, some other things like fried yeah. rice or something like that. So, you know, different, but again, like they, on the lower lot, they've got a huge Panda Express, right? So, um, so it's kind of like, all right, this is, I feel like this kind of food is, is covered here, but, um, I guess they're trying. They also had the Minions Cafe, which I didn't check out, which seemed like it was, I don't know how you would explain it. Kind of like comfort food-ish sort of things. Like, you know, they had like uh, grilled cheese with tomato soup and what was it? Like a meatball grilled cheese with tomato I think they have like mac and, and cheese. <laughs> some other like things that. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, mac and cheese. I feel like the pudding. food there was, it felt very kind of uh, kid-friendly. Kid it was very kind of kid-friendly. It, was it wasn't yeah, very sure. adventurous, but it was something that 
you got kids, you can go there and you should be able to get them something there to, to, um, Lori went to the, we did go to that. Uh, I think we went to the place you said that they just revamped that had all the Asian food. She got that two foot tiger tail donut. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. How was that? That was so good. <laughs> um, it was way more donut than I needed. <laughs> sure. I don't like, wasn't even able to consider finishing the whole thing. Uh, but I mean, it was good. So we did kind of look at the menu when we went in there and it's like, yeah, it's like, at least from the menu pictures, like the ramen and stuff, look, it looks legit. It looks good. But like, again, a lot of the other stuff around there is like, there's what, like two different places to get hot dogs and yeah, yeah. like two different places to get burgers. So it's all kind of the same generic. So anything that stands out would be a funny an addition. Yeah. The funny thing is that her uh, donut, her two foot donut, came in the same kind of like caddy carrier that my two foot long hot dog came in. So I started getting kind of like PTSD <laughs> flashbacks of like donut of, the, of two foot long hot dogs and and having to try and eat that thing. <laughs> it was. Uh, well, and if uh, if there is one thing that Universal does do well, it is make giant donuts. So yeah, that at least that at least they can uh, lay claim to. Um, yeah, and so hopefully when Super Nintendo World opens up, we do get at least one really good kind of different, unique restaurant. Uh, uh, you know, open there, kind of like what we've been seeing out of the that Japan would be so uh, awesome. park. They've got the they've yeah, got those really the, cool restaurants. The food there. in the in their uh, Japan uh, in in Japan for Super Nintendo World looks awesome. But I'm I'm kind of like yeah. I'm hoping for it, but I feel like they're not gonna go full on like that. But that would be awesome. I think we'll get something cool, but I if don't not, think I, I just feel like they're yeah. not gonna go as into it as as Japan did. I think we'll get something good. No, I, I think you're right. That's totally fair. They do have the benefit of just having very little competition and generally just low expectations for universal yeah. food. So yeah. they have that going for themselves. Um, yeah, and then other than that, I mean, obviously there's there's the 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 rides as well, which you know uh, generally ranged from pretty great to just kind of okay. Uh, you know, we were talking about the secret light, the secret, we were talking about the secret life of pets ride, um, last time. And you guys are hundred percent, right? It was fantastic. Really well done. Really well realized the, uh, 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 the, you know, when you were talking Lori about how, um, they were just selling the idea that you were this adopted pet at the end and you were seeing this family, Kind of coming to pick you out uh, through the window at the end, it, it, I couldn't quite put it together in my mind in terms of just what that whole scene plays out to be, and it works so well just with everything else, right? It uh, it it just all is so well done, and it totally does feel like that kind of Disney caliber dark ride. It's it's a little on the slow side at points, which uh, which would be my only criticism but man yeah like the queue is fantastic it's really fun really funny 
Um, just like a lot of good kind of humor going throughout it. Um, the animatronics are incredible. Uh, they do a lot of really, uh, they do a lot of really interesting kind of AR stuff with you looking like a dog with, you know, it tracks your movements and everything like that. Really good stuff. So yeah, the, right now, probably that is, that is at the top of the mountain, at least until uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo World opens. So that was, that was fantastic. Yeah. It's like a, it's really cute, but yeah, I, I agree at one, like, especially like kind of early on, it feels a little bit slow. Like you're going a little bit slow. Uh, it could go a little bit faster, but it does give you time to take in everything that, and that I can appreciate. And it, has for one thing I really like is that it has good lighting, so it's not hard to see. Yes, it, it, it's not hard <laughs> yeah, to see right. stuff. And I guess in my old age, my uh, my eyesight's not as great as it used to be, so it takes a bit, you know, for me to like focus in on stuff. But I, I do appreciate it. Give you the time to look at everything because there's a lot to take in, so much to take in. Um, they just have so much going yeah. on. But it is it is fun. It's it's great. Yeah. So nice to see that uh, that Universal's really really kicking out the jams there for sure. Um, uh, you know, I, everything else there was there there is good stuff like um, you know Jurassic World is fun. It is that same kind of Jurassic Park ride, but with uh, a few extra scenes and kind of rethemed to Jurassic mm-hmm. World, obviously. I think though the general feeling that I had with a lot of the rides there and just sort of my disappointment around it um, was that so many of them are just uh, copied over from, either copied over from or also exist at the Orlando Park, right? It's just like, uh, you know, uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, same kind of thing. Uh, not particularly exciting anymore, especially like, um, you know, it's, I think it's 2014 that it came out. So it's been, it's definitely, if you've ridden it, you've ridden it. Um, same thing with like Transformers. We've talked about Transformers. It's kind of like, yeah, all right, all right. Okay. Uh, the, uh, Simpsons ride. Yeah. Same kind of thing. It's and and, uh, and, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Oh, mummy ride. The mummy ride is is uh, it's like okay, but then when you ride the yeah. Orlando version, it is like, man, yeah. what is going on here? Or- <laughs> really, like this is such a uh, yeah. Such a the cheap Orlando version. one is so much better than than uh, the Hollywood version. So. Yeah, longer, better kind mm-hmm. of narrative going on. Um. So yeah. So it, again, like it's just. Eyes, eyes towards uh, Super Nintendo World opening and really bringing some cool stuff. Though, I mean, even again, like that'll be something that is going to exist at um, at Universal Orlando. So we'll see. Maybe Secret Life of Pets stays uh, as kind of like a cool, unique um, version that uh, Hollywood has, or if it ends up in Epic Universe, which it probably yeah. will, right? <laughs> Then okay, but uh, but it, it is one of the kind of nice things about Disneyland versus like Magic Kingdom and some of the other Disney parks is that they do have their own 
rides that you can only ride at Disneyland's, you do feel like it's kind of a unique thing. If you've been to other Disney parks, it's not like, oh, okay, I've ridden everything that there is here already. Um, it is a little bit of a, a, a breath of fresh air, which is nice and not necessarily felt at Universal. Obviously, the, uh, I mean, obviously, Waterworld is fantastic yeah. too, right? Like, gotta say that. It still holds up. Haven't seen it in a really long time, and it's still fantastic. So, uh, so that's good times. But the tram tour, that's really what makes the entire park, right? Like, I feel like that is what the entire park, I mean, it literally is built yeah. around that, right? I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it's, there is no visit to Universal or uh, Universal Studios Hollywood without a trip on that tram tour. I know that you're a big yeah. fan, guys. I know that you guys are. Well, I mean, it's because, like, I mean, I remember going to uh, Universal's when you literally, like, it. if you took the tram tour, it was like, that was the day. <laughs> you you literally, like, you didn't really do much. In it. They didn't have rides other than the tram tour. It was just the tram tour and then shows. Uh, they had, like, a cowboy stunt show. Uh, they later on, they had, like, a comedy show where they would show you, like, like how they did like little skits and bits and the, the cowboy stunt show would show you how they kind of did the, the, the cowboy movie stunts and had the pets, which they still have pets now. And then they had, uh, at some point they, they created a Conan the barbarian, which I think was actually made, uh, in response to like he man, but they couldn't get he man. So they they did a pseudo He Man using a Conan the name Conan instead, but it's really just He Man because he totally does like uh, it was is weird because uh, it was like a little guy, little scrawny guy. He picks up uh, a sword and he is transformed into a muscular dude, and his name is Conan. But that's totally He Man. But anyways, there you go. <laughs> anyways. Um, so I remember when the tram tour used to be all day and they literally like you got off the tram multiple times during the tram tour to look at, to see like demonstrations and stuff. And even there was a time where you got off hmm. and it literally was a stop so that you could eat and get snacks and stuff. So, um, <laughs> but it's been nice cut down so much since then i was actually kind of disappointed when um i was always one of my favorite parts during the kind of more recent tram tours was seeing the who village and that's now gone but when it was when the who village first when they first had the who village there it looked so cool seeing the who village and then they ruined it by putting all that uh the War of the World stuff right in front of it. And hey, it's War of the, War of the World Worlds type stuff. And it's like, who cares? Really? Who cares about War of the Worlds? That is like <laughs> it was it was just Give a mess. It just looks like a mess. That yeah, I get it, it's War of the Worlds, but it's just a mess. While Whoville, now that's different. That's something different and like more like cool to see than a thrashed like airplane. I was just so mad when they put that there, uh, but whatever. 
now. <laughs> You're I'm, not I'm, bitter. I'm very bitter. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm very bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed off. Hey man, my family. My family is known for holding grudges. So. <laughs> you hear that Universal? You hear that, you hear that Spielberg? Um, yeah, I, if uh, I still feel like an hour-long tram tour is pretty substantial. Like you know, especially when there's other stuff going on now. Uh, nowadays, there's other rides and other things to check out. Like a, a solid hour-long tram tour, especially then if you add in, you know, waiting in a queue for you know, 30 minutes to an hour or something like that. It's like some legit time to burn for sure. Well, well and not to mention that uh, generally the Universal Studios Hollywood hours are pretty short. They don't, they don't stay open very yeah, late that's true. or very long uh, unless they're doing the uh, yep. Hollywood Horror Nights. So uh, Halloween Horror Nights, say Hollywood. I'll t- I, here's one thing I did not appreciate on the tram tour was the amount of water that is squirted oh. at you. It was it felt very excessive between like you know uh, the dinosaur spit from uh, the uh, from the King oh, Kong yeah. experience where it's just like it's just constantly water yeah. coming at you, and then uh, you know you're passing by like the Jurassic Park like set and the uh yeah, the dinosaurs are squirting water at you and then even in like they figured out a way in fast and furious to <laughs> squirt a ton of water at you it's like what, what what's happening what's going on like this is not necessary uh i did not ride the tram tour to get uh to get squirted <laughs> at so that was a little weird but uh but yeah other than that it was good times it was fun it was a lot of fun especially now again like i could see uh you know i, I would say like universal Felt like a one day experience, and if it wasn't for that tram tour, it wouldn't even nece- it may not necessarily even be like a hey you got to check out this park. But it really is such a unique thing. And looking at a lot of the tourists that had come in, I'm assuming from out of town, um, they got really excited when it was like you know uh, talking about what was being filmed in some of those studios, uh, even though you couldn't really see it. It was like, or, or see inside, like people got really pumped up to hear like, oh yeah, this is like, uh, you know, Kelly Clarkson and Snoop Dogg are filming a show here right now. And people were like, oh, got their cameras out and we're taking a ton of pictures. So uh, it does make it feel like a very cool experience. And again, like just hammering home how important and fun it is that the uh, that the theme park exists in Universal City um, on an active, yeah. you know movie studio yeah it it is really awesome awesome. i i mean i think for me it's uh, going on the tram tour a lot of it is nostalgia because i remember i mean it usually when you're driving through now on the tram tour you're seeing more um oh this tv shows me this tv shows me while back in the day it was like this movie is show is is filming here or or like see, being able to see the town square for Back to the Future, and you go like recognizing these these uh, you know areas from the movies, and you go like, ah, oh, this is awesome! I'm actually there. Uh, you know, it you you're kind of lost that over the years now, um, but it's still a fun thing to go through, check out. 
I, I'm still hoping. I don't, yeah. I've never been on a tram tour and seen a movie star. Uh, I still hope beyond hope that one day <laughs> I will actually see a movie star. I did see a star in line for a ride once, but that was only once. Uh, so it was. Um, it was. Oh no! It was not a setup. Um, it was a a comedian. Um, uh, was small comedian. Sounds uh, Eddie. sounds like a A plus or right here A plus talent. <laughs> Eddie Griffin. Oh, <laughs> I take yes. it back. Undercover yes. brother, and. Uh, it was Eddie Griffin. He was in line for the Jurassic Park ride, and he was wearing all white. And he was a really little guy, and I know he got drenched on that ride. <laughs> oh man, I would have uh, immediately gotten out of line and just waited at the base of that drop, at however long it would have taken just to see him get hit. <laughs> that would have been incredible. <laughs> I would wait. That was actually before he, I think he even was, I mean, at that time he was just comedian. So I think I had seen him do stand up, and that's why I recognized him. It was before he'd done like undercover brother and all that stuff. So he was on the VIP tour after. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, this is before undercover brother. (laughs) It was, I think I was, I might've saw him on deaf comedy jam at that point. Maybe. Those were the days. I think I think it's safe to say those were definitely better <laughs> times for Eddie Griffith than wherever he's at now. I don't know what he's up to, but maybe things have worked out really well. He's like investing in crypto or something <laughs> like that. And he's, you know, a billionaire yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? Wherever you are, Eddie, hopefully, uh, hopefully you're well, man. But uh, but that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 66 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry Laurie. Take care, guys. Dreams of Eddie Griffith, an undercover brother. <laughs> sure. Is that on any streaming services or anything like that? Who knows? Probably. Probably. Gonna be looking for that right now. Anyway, take, take care, care, guys. Take care. Take care.